Hello, and welcome to Dynasty Degens Episode 8. I am very excited for the show today. We are doing a lot of tape talk, and um, our guest today is definitely well-versed in how to do prospect breakdowns and all that. Um, but I am actually joined by my co-host today. He was back from leave after going ghost hunting, I believe, in Salem. JC, how you doing? How was your trip? It was good. Not necessarily ghost hunting. I mean, we did do the witch trial tour and stuff like that. So a little bit of supernatural stuff. And we have the Devi Reaper on with us tonight. So another little supernatural <laughs> plug there as well. So I'm excited to talk to our guy tonight. I'd like to introduce him though. Yeah. So our guest tonight um, is somebody that I went to a lot for prospect breakdowns. Um, he does a wonderful job of breaking down tape and really going through and, and making it easy to digest. And that's what I love about what he does is for anybody that's new to tape, um, he, he really does just an excellent job to dummy it down, if you will. And mm -hmm. he looks for all the things that um, maybe new people that don't watch tape um, can can catch and kind of look for themselves eventually. Um, so I um, I am very happy to introduce our buddy at Devi Deep Dive on Twitter, um, Brandon Lejeune. Brandon, how are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, like we said pre-show, I love being a guest. So um, and love and love talking about film breakdowns and stuff because uh, I'm more of a tape guy than an analytics guy. So um, yeah, I'm ready to dig in and talk about prospects and what I look for. And but again, thanks for having me on. Always so willing to talk it up with you guys. Yeah, we appreciate it. And I think you're the first true tape guy that we've had on. We've done a little bit of of everything. Okay. Um, we usually have analytic forward guys come on. We've done some tape and people are usually have a blended process for the most part, um, which we're excited to kind of get into for you to see if you do anything on top of the tape or if it's just purely tape, but we don't have to do that right now. Um, we usually like to get to know the guests a little bit. Um, cool. So if we could start with just how you kind of got into the space, how you decided that this was something that you were going to kind of go through and, and make, um, you know, something of, of content and, and, how that really got got going for you, I guess, is how we should start. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I've been playing fantasy football a long time, a lot more than you gentlemen. So, um, uh, and you know, we all go through our trials and tribulations. Um, you know, with uh, you know, starting out with fantasy leagues and our keeper leagues and stuff like that. And I was introduced to Debbie actually um, from my co-host on my podcast, Jason DiRienzo and Debbie Watch, a long, long time ago. So probably seven, eight years ago. And at that point, I really wasn't doing any kind of content or anything, um, but really was interested. It piqued my interest in um, understanding, you know, looking at college players trying to hit our dynasty rosters. And you know, I've been an Eagles fan. I live outside of Philadelphia, and I always had a dream of being like a, a the general manager of the Eagles, right? And one of the responsibilities is to scout tape right and to kind of um you know uh you know develop the team so in dynasty that's kind of what it is as well right we uh we we kind of act as our gms where we trying to analyze players and you know who players you know do we want so it was just a natural thing for me to love to to scout football players you know playing dynasty for well over 25 years um and uh you know, got the debbie seven or eight and i took a crack at writing and i'm the, the the worst writer in the world and after my first article um i knew that that wasn't for me and I would watch highlight videos and stuff um, of players, but really what it came down to for me was, um, you know, just I wanted to make my own decisions on players. 
you know, there's a lot of information out there uh, on Twitter, you know, lots of resources, um, you know, ranks and, and stuff like that. And when a lot of people play the game, um, they get ranks off websites and stuff like that. But I had this urge to want to do my own thing and to kind of create, you know, what seeing other people and how they were analyzing college players. So I just kind of got into it. And um, really the film after, you know, writing and doing this and doing that, what my true passion is, is actually cutting up film taking a game, splicing it up, you know, let's say Eric Gray, you know, from Oklahoma, he'd run 25 carries for 125 yards and whatever. So I would cut that game up and there's really no better way for me to scouting players than cutting up film because you're really watching it three times. You're watching the game the first time after you record everything and then you're chopping it up and putting it and making it smaller and smaller. And you guys on your YouTube channel, which is great, you guys are doing the same thing, I think, with Nick, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. And Nick has been doing, doing a lot of stuff and we were hoping... To, to get him some help, but I know that you're a busy man, so we're probably not going to latch onto you um, yeah. for some help there. But but I'm sure like Nick doing that can, and he puts a lot of stuff out on Twitter too, right? So you really get an idea of what a player looks like because you're not just looking at the highlights and on my dashboard and all my subscribers, you know, and our, we have a chat and everything, you know, they know what, um you know, we, we always have this thing, you have to look beyond the highlights, right? So that's kind of what my drive and passion has been when cutting up the film. So you're really, you know, you're seeing every play and a lot of times you can learn a lot from the bad plays versus just the good plays, you know? So I think that to me is something that I've learned over the years is maybe, you know, if you're looking at a prospect and are they going to hit our dynasty rosters? Are they going to get the draft capital? Um, you say to yourself, boy, they're really good at this, but are there two or three things that they're not good at that are going to impede their way of getting on the field? So um, when I'm watching film, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah, they got great ball skills maybe, but maybe they're not the, you know, the biggest space creators um, and, and stuff like that. So you try to identify the strengths and weaknesses and then outweigh, you know, weigh, you know, the strengths outside, you know, way better than the weaknesses or the weaknesses are what's going to hold this process back. So it's a fun process. Um, I really don't take it all that serious. Um, but I'd like to provide that service. And on my YouTube channel, Debbie to Dynasty Football, I have a lot of highlight films like you guys are starting to produce on your YouTube channel as well. And it's really useful when you show every play versus just, you know, two or three great plays. I want to see the five or six bad plays. And why are they by bad plays? You know, is it the player's fault or is it the scheme? Is it the offense? Whatever. Trying to identify, you know, what those pitfalls are in these players because Debbie's a, is a fun game. But it's also a very challenging game and it's a very disheartening game. Um, uh, it's uh, a lot of luck is involved as well. And you, you mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, you introduced me as the Debbie Reaper. Um, and that's a nickname that I've got because I feel like I'm hard on prospects. Um, I'm not one of these guys that says, oh, he's great. Everyone's great. They're all great. They're all great. Now I'm probably 50-50 where I don't think they're going to make it or I think they're going to make it. And I stand by what I see and what I feel. And But that's that's what I wanted out of this process from the very beginning. I want to live and die by my sword versus depending on someone else. You know, obviously I take information and in, of, of other people as well. But like I've always said, when you're doing a draft and you've got to pull the trigger and make the selection, there's nobody at the table with you except you. Um, so um, I want to go into those drafts having a really good idea for myself and my own scouting of what these players really look like. Yeah. And I know that, like I said, I've been watching your, your show for a little while now. And I think the first time that we actually got connected was I sent you a DM and I just said, I love what you're doing, man. You know, I love the I, show. I, I love, I love everything that you're doing over there. Um, you, you do a great job 
of the tape breakdown and you have a great voice for it too. It's very soothing. You know, I just love you. watching tape with you in the background and it's just like, I'm, I'm at home right there. So it's, it's All great. Right. I um, really appreciate that. It's very kind. It's very kind. Yeah. Um, a fun question that we do like to get into is going into our guest's favorite TV show. Mm -hmm. And I did talk to you about that. And mm -hmm. your favorite show is Seinfeld. Right. Yeah. Which is I, a classic, obviously. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I think we've all seen Seinfeld. Um, so who on Seinfeld would make the best dynasty manager um, out, of, out of the entire cast? You know, it was funny because I was thinking about this question and I originally thought Kramer, but then I'm thinking, you know, he's too wild. He's too crazy. He's not going to be disciplined at all. Um, so I was, was going to go with Jerry because I think Jerry would be very methodical in his way of building a dynasty team and a fantasy team. Um, although you need some kind of, uh, you know, guys who are, got some guts like Kramer who would, you know, take chances on players. So I, I, I said Jerry, I thought would be the methodical way of doing, trying to really get into it and build a solid team. Yeah, that feels, that feels right. I know yeah, Kramer would be the wild card. You know, he would be yeah. the one that is a little too trade happy. I think he would probably lose, <laughs> yeah. lose interest in in the, the roster in general after a while. You That's know? a good point. So, yeah, I'd say that. Yeah. On to the next thing. George would tinker too much. George would uh, honestly probably change his lineup 50 times <laughs> on a Sunday morning. Um, yeah. I don't think a label would be into it at all. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's so funny about George because I would say the same thing. You know, he'd be like, "Well, the guy was so self confident or so self conscious of himself, he would think he'd be making all the wrong decisions all the time. He'd second guess himself constantly." Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you I'm, think, I'm JC? A, I'm, a, I'm a Jay Peterman guy. I'm a Lane's Oh guy. yeah, it yeah. Would be a fantastic dynasty Debbie manager because he wouldn't actually do any of the legwork that was necessary to do <laughs> yeah. to manage the team. He just right. Everybody's finished product and he would just roll out a winner. So I think, yeah. he, I think Peterman actually would be a pretty good. Yeah. Player. I'd like that. And he'd take all the credit too. Yeah. So he'd take all the credit top, <laughs> top the buff to you and stuff like that. So yeah. He would be good at it. That's funny. Yeah. Great show. It's been my favorite. Yeah. It's uh, the, the characters. I mean, the casting of a lot of these shows are so good, you know, cause that's what it's all about. These shows. It's the casting, you know, believing in the characters and what they portray on film. Yeah, it, one of the first shows that really was dependent on just the casting for the yeah, most part. I agree. I mean, it, there was always like a, a premise to most shows before that, but this was just like, you know, get a good group of people and mm -hmm. then just, I felt like there was a lot of wing in it, you know, just like. Absolutely. It was just going for it, a group of friends. And we see that all the time now in shows, but I think it was definitely obviously the first of its kind. Um, so yeah, Seinfeld's a classic, always mm -hmm. great. Always yep. something that I pop on if I don't know what to watch, but, um, I guess we're going to get into some tape breakdown. Talk about, we did talk about how you got into the space. Um, but I think we want to know exactly what you're looking for when you are watching tape, you know, like what is it that, um, you specifically look for in a wideout? Like say you're watching gen general case scenario, we're watching a wide receiver tape right now. Um, you know, whoever it is, whatever the setting is, but um, what specifics are you looking for in each player as far as each position goes like in, in any, any tape breakdown for that matter? Well, I break it down per uh, 
you know, basically position, right? And, and quarterbacks, I really don't do a lot of scouting. If you go on my YouTube channel, you're going to find that I'm not, I might post a highlight film on somebody, but I really don't do breakdowns because I really believe I'll just start there. I mean, overall, before I get to the quarterbacks, for me, when it comes to the skill position players, uh, wide receivers and running backs, it's really comes down to me is space creation and athleticism and physicality, right? So I really feel from a, a, a scouting standpoint, whether you're a running back or wide receiver, you need to create space for yourself. Um, and they're both in different, you know, obviously they play different positions, but they both have opportunities to create space for themselves within their position skill set. Um, and so that's something that I think is, is really important um, because, you know, you just have to create space even as a running back. You know, you got to make the first guy miss and then you got to see the field of the vision. You got to see the second level and how you're going to make that guy miss to create space. So it all comes down to creating space. And that's what the NFL, I feel, is really – all these smaller wide receivers, you know, we're, we're seeing some of the smaller running backs now getting a lot more play, dual-headed running backs. And it's all about getting guys in space with the ball in their hands. Um, so that's probably the first thing I look for. On um, the athleticism too, I mean, they have to be able to – what they see and if they – you know, a player sees something and they want to create space. Do they have the physical athleticism to actually do what their eyes are telling them what they want to do, right? So that's what I would look at as well, is if a player is trying to make a move, whether he's a wide receiver or a running back, um, you can kind of tell like what they want to do, but do they have the, the, the athleticism to achieve the goal that they want to do on that particular moment of the play? Um, and physicality is something for me that I value very highly when I scout. It's probably more than most people talk about or think about for me, um, but especially from a running back position um, and a wide receiver position, you need physicality to play with the big boys in the NFL. You know, and there's a lot of college producers out there. And let's face it, probably I mean, the game that we love, this Debbie game, why it can be really frustrating sometimes is because, you know, we look at all these players and I mean, on my data, Debbie dashboard database, I've got over, you know, 450 college players through the 2024, 2025, 2026 class, you know, ranked or whatever. I mean, we're going to see probably five to six percent of those players actually hit our dynasty roster. So the hit rate overall is not very good to begin with. So you need to go into your process knowing that, um, that the majority of these guys that we're watching are not going to make it. Yeah, they might get backup roles and have NFL careers, but we're doing this for you know feeding our dynasty roster. So that's the lens that I look through, um, looking for the elite traits um, you know, to, to make these guys hit our dynasty rosters, right? So um, there's there's NFL scouts that are just, oh, he'll be a fifth you know fifth round pick and he'll be a great backup, you know, or whatever. But that's that's fine, but we're, we're looking for that. So physicality to me, going back to that, is probably one of the more things that I look for, especially in running backs. Um, you know, you watch Quinshaw Junkins run, right? Every time he initiates contact, he has his shoulders square with good pad level. You know, he's actually, um, you know, in, in, in he's the one giving the licks in a lot of cases with his physicality. You know, that's why he's going to be very successful and he's going to be definitely a high NFL draft pick if, you know, if he doesn't get injured. But there's a lot of other backs that have the size and stuff, but they don't have that physicality when you watch him play. So those three things, the space creation, athleticism, and, you know, I, I really call it functional play strength. Um, but, you know, I'll just simplify it as, as physicality or the, the three things. And if, you know, we'll start with the wide receiver because that's the question that you asked, right? So when I do my film breakdowns, I have a criteria of usually four or five items. 
um, that I try to remain consistent with. So when I'm watching all the, the like wide receivers, and uh, what I'll do is I'll scout wide receivers kind of in groups, you know, and then maybe go to running backs and do groups. But I'll have like wide receivers release and route running is one of the traits that I look at. You know, I want to see peak guys with quick feet. I want to see them, you know, snap out of breaks. Um, defensive manipulation is really big for me. Um, you know, a wide receiver isn't just going and running a, you know, an inside slant route. Um, what is he doing to get that defensive back off platform before he makes his break on the inside slant? Um, it's just not going and stabbing your foot and making a left and going inside if you're playing in the X position. Um, you, you know, are you, is it a head bob or are there, you know, you, are you leaning to, to get that DB? So I always, I watch for wide receivers i love to watch the defensive backs and what their reaction is when um they're being uh, pressed by a wide receiver you know ball skills and hands they got to be able to catch the ball they got to be tough and physical again in 50 50 um situations and again the athleticism with the body control is all part of that guys going up and getting the ball how they approach the ball special and vertical plays um speed and yards after the catch speed is nice but i'm more into short area quickness and you know snappiness versus 40 times I'm not a big 40 time guy. I think that's a nice icing on the cake to have, you know, great long speed and run a four three. But we've seen a lot of four three guys never make it to the NFL, probably because they don't have the physicality to, you know, get off press or whatever to even get to that speed. Um, and then it's the functional play strength again um, that I look at from a physicality standpoint. So that's the fourth straight in my wide receiver. And I look at yards after the catch is another one. Like how are they with the ball in their hands? Um, you know, what do they do at the second level? So um, so that that's kind of for, from a wide receiver. So I would have those traits. And when I'm watching film, I'm kind of having those five traits in the back of my mind. Um, and I basically, as I watch a player's film, I'll write notes and you know, what I see and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Awesome, man. I, um, yeah, I, I've been trying to watch as much tape as possible leading up into the, I guess the Debbie startup season. And, um, mm -hmm. I, it's, it, you know, I, I do have the same traits that I look for. Obviously there's the, the five or six that I, I do check off in my right. process. Um, and it's always good to hear you jump into that. Um, it, it more solidifies the process for me more than anything else. And is there a specific guy that you watch tape of that you said, there's no way this person is going to bust in the NFL. There's no way that they're going to not make it, um, you know, in, in the elite level of, of football. And, and you were completely wrong on as far as, um, your tape, your tape breakdown goes and the, the prospect as, and let's just not even go deep into it, but maybe the last like two, three draft classes. Yeah. I'll, I'll say my biggest miss. And I was on a podcast with uh, Matt Hicks over at the rookie big board, a friend of mine for a long time. And, um, he was, he had Chris Olave as his number one guy. I, I wasn't a big fan of Chris Olave. I felt as though, um, a lot of his space was created base being playing on Ohio State, which had a great team and two other great wide receivers, but never really saw him face press, never really saw him, you know, shake and bake defenders. He got more loose and, and uh, you know, coverage and stuff. So yeah, that that was a miss for me. I have no shares and I'm very upset that I have no shares of uh, Chris Olave because um, I think he's going to be a great player. So those, those, yeah, so that's one example. Um, I never thought he was a can't, you know, that was one maybe on the opposite side. I'm trying to think of one who was a can't miss that 
you know, miss. I was a Trey Sermon fan. He was like my number two running back. I'm still just dismayed as to why that didn't work. That was another learning experience. But all of those experiences are really good because we all have misses. I mean, the pros that do this for a living, the NFL teams that pay guys millions of dollars, you know, they they strike out and miss as well. You know, the Zach Wilsons of the world and stuff. So um, you just do the best you can, but learning from those, um, mistakes are, are certainly, uh, valuable lessons. Yeah. I think I'm with you on the Chris Olave. I was definitely a little lower than the consensus on him. Um, I know Amon Ra burned me quite a mm -hmm. bit. I did not see that coming. Um, I kind of viewed it as like a, you know, an opportune moment for him, but it necessarily didn't. I didn't, I didn't think he was going to keep this value um, yeah. in the NFL level. I thought yeah. it was going to be just kind of a, a boom bust situation for him. Um, I don't feel like there's been a lot of players in the last couple of years that were slam dunk prospects that, you know, maybe the Jonathan Taylors, <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. next year is probably you could throw into that ring too. I mean, I don't think there's an analyst out there that says he's not going to be a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL, you know. Um, but other than, I mean, like even the next year's draft class, I'm not sure, you know, there's really, um, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, Caleb Williams maybe as well. But so, but that's the fun of the game. You know, the fun of the game is to try and identify those guys, especially I like to focus on the, the you know, the guys that maybe a lot of people aren't talking about either that next wave of players. Um, you know, I feel like our rookie drafts are one in the second, third and fourth rounds. A lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's definitely, that's where the Debbie guys have that one leg up yeah, for the most exactly. part. Yeah. Unless yeah. they own a bunch of Zach Evans like myself. And, um, you know, I was not a fan. I'll tell you that I was not a fan uh, of Zach Evans. You can go back and watch uh, my film, um, because of that physicality I talked about. I mean, I, I did, I watched some of your film. I, I noticed that you were definitely lower on him, um, you know, his, his timing and, and the way that he kind of got lost a little bit for the mm -hmm. most part. Um, yeah, I, I knew I, I saw all that, but there was, oh, I don't know. All, I'm a, I'm a sucker for it. He was, he was low on Zach Evans before it was, it was popular to be, mm -hmm. to be low on Zach Evans too. So I give him a lot of credit for that. I no, just I started finding the, the Devi stuff. You know, probably like two years ago or something like that. And right. I watched college football and stuff. And I just loved Cedric Tillman, like watching him play. And I, oh, was, yeah. let me, I was like, let me let me look up Cedric Tillman, see if there's anybody on YouTube that's talking about him, thinks that he could be an NFL prospect. And that's where I found Brandon's uh, channel, Debbie to Dynasty Football on YouTube, where he does great cut ups. I would definitely recommend subscribing and checking it out. But I saw him break down the Alabama and Georgia game. And I was like, yeah. somebody sees what I what I see, like, let me go ahead and look at more and more of these breakdowns and stuff. And I, I think you do a, a fantastic job of breaking down stuff. Um, running back, I feel like is, I'm not going to say any position is easy to scout, but I think it's the, the least amount of unknowns at a, at a certain position because the space bar is like your best friend. Oh, without a doubt. And you could see exactly, Hey, is it a zone run? Is it a gap run? Okay. Where's this blocker supposed to be? Where's this running back supposed to be heading? These are all things that you can see that it's not an unknown, whereas you don't know what progression the receiver is or what his, mm -hmm. what's his release, all these different things, the coverage that he's facing. It's a lot more unknown as right. running back to where you know for certain, hey, this guy doesn't like 
making contact with people in the hole. He likes to bounce it outside. So I think uh, I think film watching definitely adds something. I I've become more of like an analytics based guy in my evaluations, but I definitely was more like vibes film guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty much of like my my college years and stuff. And you were talking about guys that put their shoulders down and kind of embrace contact. I know your son's going to Penn State this fall. Uh, Katron Allen is one of those guys that definitely seeks out seeks out contact as well. So exactly, he's, he's not being talked about a ton, but it's another twenty twenty five guy that I'm excited to watch more. Katron Allen. Yeah, and and I agree a hundred percent. I think he is. Uh, he's got that physicality that you want in a back. You know, so from a running back standpoint. Um, you know, what I look for, I mean, vision and patience, I mean, first off size matters, right? That's the most important thing. I mean, I, you know, it's going to be, um, the Von a chain, I, I'm just so, I, I can't wait to see three years from now what he becomes, you know, um, he's the first guy. And I think a couple of years, he's probably been on that polarizing spectrum. He's, you know, 190, you know, soaking wet and, um, wait, but, hold on. I don't mean to interrupt you, but are you familiar with JC at all? Do you know JC about what he who he values in the fantasy community and who he's on and who he absolutely loves. Are I'm not on, I'm, I know JC, I'm not on Twitter a lot, so I, I don't, did he, did he have a take on a chain? He's probably got a chain underwear on right now. He's probably dressed to the nine in, in a chain. He's probably got Crocs that say, I love, I heart Devon on right. right now. I'm pretty sure that he is his number one fan. I He's can, been trying to get him on the pod. Actually, we've been really trying hard to, to get him over here. I'm so. gonna yeah. his agent probably, but yeah, <laughs> he's one of these guys that the film is good. It is. Analytics are good. Yes, so it's one of these things that, like you said, size matters. But everything that you watch on film and everything that you see from his production at Texas A&M in the SEC, what <clears> he <throat> produced, his market share for the team, he's a good player. And he's in the perfect situation. He could not have possibly landed in a better spot. So like you said, he is the guy that will end this discussion yeah. once and for all if size <laughs> truly does matter. Because You're right. If he doesn't hit, it's never happening. Bucky Irving, throw him out the window. It's not yeah. going to happen. You know, Bucky so- Irving is just – he's not an NFL running back, I don't think. But I agree wholeheartedly with you. When he played at SEC, that last game, I believe it was against LSU, was, yeah. was just – I, I filmed that and put it on my channel and the, he was, he was nicked up coming into that game and a couple games he, with an ankle, yeah. he, he was a warrior. I mean, he had like 25 carries and he, 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 he just willed that team to win. I, did they win that game or they won. The yeah. top five at that point, they would have yeah. made the college football playoff had they, had they had won that game. So, right. So I think a chain, right. I think the thing with a chain, great college back, you know, didn't get hurt obviously had the physicality, you know, he didn't, he wasn't afraid of getting dirty in between the tackles. It's just now you're playing with the best athletes in the world. And is that frame going to hold up? You're absolutely right. He is going to, he is going to end the conversation whether <laughs> size matters or not. JC, I, I completely, right. completely agree with you. If he doesn't hit, it's over. I don't, it's, I, don't have, I agree. I don't have another, another. You're not going to draft another back under 210 pounds, right? Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. I can't yeah. do it. 
Don't I hear you. But to go scouting, right, for running back. So you kind of lean on the size because, you know, history tells us that's what most guys need to, you know, be able to sustain the the wear and tear, you know, uh, of the position. You know, vision and patience, you know, how they see the field. Um, do they take advantage of opportunities? I probably use that word a lot in my in my scouting of running backs on my films is just like when a guy hits a gap or he's cutting back against uh, an outside zone run or something you know, you know, how does he attack that hole? How did, you know, because you can attack it in several different ways, you know, and what opportunity costs are lost by him, you know, maybe not seeing something. So that vision is, I think the hallmark of any running back, they've got to be able to see the field, you know, footwork and short area quickness. Again, I'm not a 40 time guy when it comes to running backs. I really don't care what, what running backs run 40 time. I know everyone gets all goosed up about that. To me, it's all about the short area burst and acceleration. Um, and then the footwork and being able to make the first guy miss and then not have to deaccelerate, um, making a guy miss too much where you lose too much momentum, where you don't, you know, have the burst and acceleration to continue moving forward. Um, so that that's probably really key as well. But I think vision is, is the biggest thing. And then again, going back to the physicality, um, I just, you know, I look at how these guys embrace contact and, you know, the last five or six running back films I put on my YouTube channel, I've been questioning these guys physicality. Um, on it's a physical game and that's why these running backs only last five years. And I think there's a lot of players in the, in college that, you know, show good toughness or, or whatever. And they get to the second, they get to the NFL and they can't hang. They can't hang physically with these, these linemen and getting, you know, tackled and stuff. So, um, you can kind of see some of that on film on pad level and, you know, do they embrace, I mean, Judkins is just, he's a monster out there. The guy's, you know, he he's very impressive. And Trayvon Henderson was the same way, not last year so much because he was nicked up, but the year before. He wasn't afraid of contact, you know, the way he approached contact when he was getting hit. So that's something I really lean on in 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 running backs too, is that contact balance, being able to shed tackles, the toughness, um, you know, that all you know, those, yeah, those uh, yards after contact are, are huge in my book. Yeah, so you've mentioned him a couple of times. You're very high on Judkins. I'm getting the, the sense of... Um, I know you've done tape breakdown for both of these guys, so you're going to take Judkins over Singleton, or Singleton. I'm assuming is that as of right you- now. I have not watched enough Singleton from this past year. I haven't gotten to him, but right now, from what I see, I think Singleton's a more explosive player. He's going to be a guy that might be able to, you know, I look at I look at Judkins like a Nick Chubb right? He's just a grinder. He's not going to be the fastest guy in the world. And then you look at Singleton, who could maybe be like a Dalvin Cook, a guy who's got a little bit more footwork. I didn't see a ton of that last year at Penn State, him really making a lot of guys miss. He was a freshman. So, you know, freshman, I'm not too hard on because it's a big jump coming from high school to college to be able to produce. I mean, it's it's just like college going to the NFL has got to be an enormous jump. I think going to high school, that's why I feel like high school film is so hard to really really decipher anything from because the five stars, four stars that we're watching are there are five stars, four stars usually playing against guys that aren't even going to college, you know, so they're, they're going to look great. They're going to blow God by guys and stuff like that. So, um, right now Judkins, yeah, I have him above Singleton because, um, just what I saw and just, I, I love that kind of running back, just the physical, the guy can catch the ball out of the backfield. The only thing he doesn't have is the long speed. Yeah, I think we we just did a mock together maybe last week, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you just did a mock with your um, 
with your, I think it was your, dis- your Discord or your, your Patreon. Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, dashboard thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've been seeing Judkins go before Singleton in every single mock that I've done in the last month or so. Um, so I guess people are seeing what you see, and, you know, it is tough with, with Singleton being a freshman. Um, I do well, want to see this year. And, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say they're both freshmen, but, you know, I guess maybe some people are worried about Allen as well. Um, but yeah, Judkins, I think was just on the, on the stage a little bit more probably. So for the people, but for the people that have extensively watched both players, um, that's just my opinion. I know there's people that are lower on Judkins and that's fine. I mean, cause you know, we all, I'm going to always take the guy that I want. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, JC, you got anything to add on to the, the running back game and no, I think he what? I think he covered like the running with the running back position and the wide receiver position. Those are the two that we have the most success, I guess, as the as the Debbie community in projecting forward. Mm-hmm. Backs we touched on, they're essentially impossible to do. Even NFL franchises can't get them right fifty percent of the time. So it, it's tough for for us to project. And then tight end, I I listened to uh, you and Jason talk about your your top fifteen at uh, each position and stuff because I wanted to you know, get your, get a feel more or less for how it is that you felt about certain guys and tight ends also just so difficult to project. It's just, it's almost a fool's errand really at this point where you got guys like Dalton Kincaid that just come out of nowhere and their first round picks at the tight end position. It's not really worth really going too much in depth. Yeah. And you know, and what I've learned from the tight end position is athleticism is probably the most important thing you know, ball skills, you know, from, again, from a dynasty standpoint, you know, I mean, I don't care about the great inline blocker, you know, um, but um, yeah. And I, and I think you can, you've learned that they, they do emerge. And, and I think, especially last year, I think you don't, what makes that position so interesting is there's not a lot of running backs and there's not a lot of wide receivers with that don't have production profiles that are pretty solid that really make it. But tight ends, you can get a guy who's just either buried on a depth chart or it's just not part of the offense of a, of a system, you know, like a Luke Musgrave that people, you know, maybe didn't really know or, or whatever. I mean, the guy from Penn State, you know, Brenton Strange, you know, so but you know, there's people in those NFL organizations that say, go find me a tight end, um, you know, really just watch those movement skills and stuff. But from a Debbie standpoint. If they're not like making us fantasy points in, in fantasy in college fantasy football or C2C, we really don't take the time to scout them. You know what I mean? But we always seem to scout the the productive players in the wide receiver and running back rooms. And for quarterback, I know you don't do a lot of you know tape breakdown for quarterback because it is so difficult to really predict in Debbie. You know, like I don't know yeah. who do you have as like your Debbie QB three currently. Um, right now I have, um, uh, Caleb Williams, obviously. I mean, he's going to be the guy that, I mean, I think is really got the most to to give in that position right now. Um, it's going to get the hype. I mean, Drake may would be number two for me. 
Um, but you know, he didn't have the best season at the end of last year, but, uh, you know, he's got the size, he's got the ability to throw the ball vertical and, you know, he certainly has enough mobility to get around. I wouldn't call him a dual threat, but he's got the ability to shake and bake. I think he had like 600 yards on the ground or something. He's a tough physical yeah. kid. You know, he's got that prototypical size. Um, and after that, it's probably drew Waller only because again, the size that he has, he's coming into a really good situation. I wish he had better wide receivers. Um, but after that, I, I think, you know, on my, I mean, I can look them up, but I think um, I go right into, uh, you know, I got Dante Moore from UCLA and, and Nelson. I think I'm going to take a swing with and club Nick after that. And Nico going right to 26 class. Now I think like next year in the, in the class, is there going to be a Zach Wilson for next year? Is there going to be, I mean, Anthony Richardson was kind of already on the radar. He's, you know, like Joe Milton this year is kind of that guy. You know what I mean? The yeah. guy with the big arm and, you know, who hasn't, who's gotten beat out by like four other quarterbacks, but, <laughs> um, you know, over his five year college career. Um, but yeah, it, it's hard. And, you know, you look, and so I, I don't really spend a lot of time because there's only two or three or, you know, four at the most every year that are going to really make a difference on our dynasty rosters, you know? So, um, it's a really tough position to to get in. Like, uh, I think JC was just saying, even the even the the pros get it wrong sometimes. You know, I mean they they miss it as well. So I think next year's draft, um, you know, I think it's it's really May or, or or Williams. But I mean, there's all sorts of different guys out there that people are talking about. You know, Jordan Travis or Riley Leonard, Riley Leonard, and all all sorts of guys. But I think the biggest thing, I think one of the reasons why in quarterback scouting is so hard is because the majority of what's won and lost is inside people's head, of which we what I call you know intangibles matter. Which um, you know you need the ability to basically. To, to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, you need to be really smart, um, but you need all the leadership skills. You need to be able to handle the pressure. You need to be able to read the field. You need to decision make within two seconds. And we've seen so many quarterbacks with big arms and mobility and can't get it done. And it's because they just can't read the field and probably make the throws where they need to, you know? So, um, and, and we don't really have that information for just watching uh, college football players. So we, we look at their skills and say it should project, but I think a lot of it has to do, I mean, just, I, I always thought to myself, just the amount of pressure a 21, 22 year old kid has to go into a New York city like Zach Wilson and face the criticism, have the whole franchise, the savior of the shitty jets team for 15 years, like on your shoulders. And that's some pressure I wouldn't want. No, absolutely not. I, I don't think that Zach Wilson is dead. You know, I think he just fell into a very difficult situation and, he does, you know, I think he, he has a revival at some point. Um, it would be nice. I mean, you know, they invested in him. It would be nice to see that. And I've always been a believer. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. I think they, they, they throw these peep, these guys in here too quick for me. You know, I mean, you know, Andy Reid did it right with Mahomes. He sat a year. You're going to learn yeah. how you're going to learn how to be a professional. You got your whole yeah. 15 year career ahead of you. I'm not going to ruin your confidence year one succumbing to, you know, public pressure to get you in there because the new shiny toys in town. Um, so again, like, I think that's why the Eagles with Jalen hurts, Jalen hurts has that mentality. He's got Dan intangible. He's got that likable ability. Nothing's too big for him. The moment's never too big for him, you know? And I think the moment's too big for a lot of these college quarterbacks and they just can't handle it. Yeah. yeah I think Jalen hurts is a miss for me for sure. I never, Coming out, did you think that Jalen Hurts was going to be what he is? I, I knew that he would be good. 
I did not think he was going to be what he is now as far as um, making it to the Super Bowl. And, and I, I know that he has that mentality. And um, But I, I have to admit that I definitely missed pretty hard on, on Jalen Hurts as far as coming out. Yeah, and I think I think Jalen Hurts is a good example of a couple things. Um, you know, I, I think environment means a lot. You know, I think team structure, team culture, um, coaching, I think all plays a role. Of course, the guy has to go out and produce and perform. Um, and guys train and train and train and can't ever get it done. But, you know, the people that doubted Jalen Hurts, we just like don't give anybody a chance. And, you know, wide receivers were supposed to have three years to, to like reach their peak. And now after two years, if you don't do anything, you know, you're kicked to the curb for the shiny new rookie toy, you know? I mean, so I think all in all for a lot of these guys, there's just not, you know, a lot of time. It's such a hard, it's the hardest position in sports. And, and, you know, some guys just, it takes longer for others to, to develop and get to where they need to be. Um, some never do, but it's, a. Uh, you know, yeah. So I always said to Jalen Hurts, everyone who was trashing him after his first six games or whatever, I was like, give the dude a, a freaking chance, man. I mean, God damn, just give him a chance. Let him grow. Let him develop. Let him learn. I mean, it's, it's a tough position. That's what that I love is about your your breakdown. Sorry, sorry. I'm like, no, go ahead. Yeah. That's what I love about you talking about what you look for in players. You're saying physical, physical, tough, tough. While you have a Brian Westbrook jersey over your your shoulder because yeah. that's, that's the Philly mentality grind it out. Like we want guys that are going to be physical because that team builds through the trenches and the offensive line, and the defensive line, you want these big, strong, ugly guys that are just going to go impose their will on the other team. And it's important. Like you said, in the NFL and intangibles matter. And Jalen hurts is, I mean, the poster child for intangibles matter. I mean, the guy oh, yeah. his entire life, you see him in the squat rack in high school, lifting with the offensive lineman. He heads to the NFL. He heads to Alabama, still lifting with the offensive lineman. Gets benched in a national championship game and takes it about as well as yeah. Seven some audio issues we're, there. We're losing you, JC. Yeah, I mean, he's absolutely right. And, and I think that environment, you know, and again, there's quarterbacks that don't have a good offensive line. So they're scrambling. They can't develop because they, you know, I mean, and then Eagles have a great offensive line, good system. They, you know, spoon feed them the plays and cultivate that product and help build his confidence, you know. So I think that environment plays a huge role in the success of a lot of players. I agree. And I, I, to piggyback off your point earlier is that fantasy managers, especially dynasty. Oh, we just lost JC altogether. All right. He's coming back. He'll come. Um, back. Yeah, he'll be back. There he is. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, fantasy managers in general need instant gratification. And I think, oh, yeah. I think, you know, having Justin Jefferson and chase, you know, put up the elite seasons that they did their freshman year um, has really spoiled especially new dynasty managers, people that have just gotten into it and they have this mentality that they need instant, you know, like mm -hmm. they need that. Oh, they're going to yeah. come in and produce rookie year and they're going to give me a Garrett Wilson type year or a crystal right. type year. Um, and if they don't, they're kicked to the curb, you know, like, like people yep. like sky Moore or, or, I mean, somebody that I was not in on at all. Me um, either. But I think people forget that there was once, upon a time that we needed three years to see a wide receiver, you know, that, that, that third year is really the deciding factor for me um, as far as if they're going to be a fit in the NFL. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think 
they've we've lost the, the the touch on that, and it's been you know I need that that production now. Or yeah, well that, that- that's what our that's what our society has become. Like overall, you know, we need instant gratification. You know, that's what social media I think has done to you know the world overall. Um, but that you're absolutely right. It, it's crazy for a guy who, and you know, a, a player too, like a wide receiver who might not have that a opportunity on the team that drafts him to immediately get on the field and start producing, you know, for that third, fourth round wide receiver, you know, you're drafting the first round, you're expected to start, but a guy in the, you know, third round, fourth round, you know, he, he might have like, um, you know, like Cedric Tillman is a perfect example, like a guy who's probably going to start, but he's, there's other pieces on that team that are going to be the focal point. And it takes some guys to, to get a little bit more acclimated than others. Yeah. Yeah. I think we both are pretty high on Tillman and I know that he's not going to produce immediately. Um, you know, but I think he's in a great spot where he can kind of sit back and, and look at Cooper and, and, and kind of right. get mentored a little bit as right. far as, you know, how to, how to work in an, in an offense. And, I think that's a great position to be in. Yeah. Um, but there's going to be a lot of managers selling Tillman for a third next year or, yeah. Yeah. you know, shipping them off for nothing. So yeah. it's, it's a, that's a good time to, to go buy Tillman. Um, yeah. But well, we'll see. Yeah. But that's, you know, but again, when you have the foundation, like when I watch these players, you know, I'm not going to get swayed by, like the production, if I really believe in a guy, you know, I'll hold on probably too long. And of course we've all held on too long to guys that we fell in love with, but, but that's the game. I mean, this is only a game. So, you know, I'm always going to go to war with my guys, whether I win or lose, I'm always going to go to war with my guys. Can I ask you who, who were your guys in this draft class that just got drafted? Like who, who are people that you're in on that maybe aren't, you know, too high in the consensus. So as far as, you know, are you really high on like a take Bigsby or a Tajay Spears or, or somebody that is kind of falling back in the, in the rookie drafts? Um, I don't know. Let, let's say I'm going to just pull them up here on my, to my, you know, go by quarterback. I mean, I, 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 Anthony Richardson, I never thought that he is going to be like a, a QB one superstar, but I'll, I'm probably going to be wrong on that just from his development. He's got all the size and the intangibles. Um, but other than that, I mean, my biggest thing with the quarterback was Bryce Young. I was, I was one of the guys that was saying sell Bryce Young a year ago, like sell him you know, I'm just really concerned about his height and weight and he's going to be kind of like the a chain quarterback kind of thing. I know he's super skilled decision-making Alabama. I get it, man, the physicality again of the game. And like, I'm just thinking of, you know, Fletcher Cox on the Eagles slamming him to the turf two or three times in a game. I'm just as good as he possibly could be. Does he have the physical, you know, he's, he's arguably going to be the lightest quarterback to start, you know, by 10 pounds this year. So that's going to be an interesting thing. Um, you know, running back wise, I guess the guys that I was, you know, that I really, I was, I like Andre Miller. I was a big Roshan Johnson fan. Um, uh, he was probably the two guys that I liked. I mean, of course we all like Bajan and Gibbs. I mean, they should be special players, but those were probably the two guys, Andre Miller and Roshan Johnson were the two guys that I liked. Again, they have the size, you know, the two ten plus, um, wide receivers, Cedric Tillman. I was a big fan of, um, uh, Marvin Mims was probably a guy that, again, because I, even though he was on the smaller side, the, his physicality he showed at Oklahoma going up and getting the ball on vertical plays, I really liked. Um, I was a Rashid Rice fan. Um, 
towards the end, but I put out a couple all 222 films on him and kind of got soured on his space creation. Um, I put out a ton of films on Rasheed Rice and then, you know, kind of right before the draft changed my mind a little bit, watching the all 22 film of him just kind of getting open in space a little bit. Um, so, and I, one of my deeper sleepers this year that I, one of my favorite players that was drafted was Charlie Jones out of Purdue. I, I yeah. just, I just, he's a guy that I'm going to be taking in all my late rounds. I love like those deeper sleeper guys. You know, we all have those guys that are, that we want to target in the third and fourth round, but Charlie Jones is a guy that I'm going to be taking. I know he's not loving the Cincinnati Bengals landing spot, but I mean, Hey, they, they move on from Higgins and boom, boom. He might yeah. just slide right in there. I don't think Boyd Maybe. is going to be on that team next year either. So, Hey, there's, there's always, I think he's free too. I think Jones is somebody you can oh, pick yeah. off the waiver wire. So yeah, exactly. Um, so, but yeah, we do have some listener questions that I want to dive into. JC, do you have anything else that you want to talk about Debbie wise? No, I was talking about kind of brand my guys, but I think as we get towards the listener questions for Debbie, so all right. I mean, it's just going to dive into it. All right, let's um, go. Yeah. So first listener question we have is from Fantasy Blue Chip. He's a guy in the Discord. Um, I think he's a two-part question here. So I think the first part is, do you prefer combined Devi rookie drafts or split rookie Devi drafts? Um, I'm going to have to say that probably depends on the size of your Devi league. I'm in both. I have... Um, I have separate ones that I enjoy, but the only way you enjoy them is if the rookie draft has some teeth in it. So that would be a more of a shallow Debbie league, right? If you could only draft like two Debbie guys or something like that. Um, yeah. I kind of like to separate them, but if you've got a deeper Debbie uh, draft or Debbie team, um, I'm going to probably go with the combo. It adds a little bit more fun. Um, that'll, that kind of really brings the people who haven't scouted yet you know, a little bit to a disadvantage versus the people that do. So I, I, I think that I'm, I would go with the combo draft because most David leagues I'm going to think are on the deeper side. So I'm, I'm going to say a combo draft is probably, I think more fun. Yeah. I think I like, I like the combo draft too, because it's really when you get all the good value, mm-hmm. um, like you said, not everyone's plugged in and they're not watching tape and um, looking at stats and, and really diving in to David right. leagues when they're doing those rookie kids. drafts. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're not like me where I'm, I have a pillow on the floor of my kid's um, bed right next to it where I'm putting my son to bed and I'm watching videos all night of just, <laughs> yeah. you know, with my headphones on. But right. um, the second part of his question is, is there such a thing as too early in Debbie? Which, you know, I think yes, but. Well, I mean, I guess if he's asking about a draft, um, like a like a startup Debbie draft going too young, you think is that what the question is? I don't know. I think he probably means uh like too early in Debbie. Are you in on a guy too early? Maybe is that I think I'm I don't have the specifics of this question. So maybe he's trying to ask is you know, are you gonna be in on somebody like say in a rookie year that might not pan out or I guess maybe I'm reading into it a little too much. Um, well, let's assume he's talking about you know taking earlier prospects over later prospects, right? So that would be probably a good decision thought process to go through, right? So if you do a yeah. startup Debbie draft and you've got you know guys that are going to hit your 
dynasty roster next year versus guys that are going to, you know, hit your roster down the road. Again, it it depends on how much time you've looked at the incoming freshman class to, you know, make those decisions. I mean, here you can look, I just talked to you about my running or my quarterback position. And after the top two or three, I'm going to take a swing with those five stars. Maybe there's just not another quarterback in this class that I think a Penix is going to do well or, or, or whatever. So, um, you know, and Debbie guys, we always have a tendency to go too deep too early anyway. Right. But that's just the fun of it. That's just, that's what we do. I mean, it's, you know, so um, we're our own worst goddamn enemies sometimes. Um, so, uh, yeah, but I don't think it's ever too early. I think if it's somebody you love and you want, you just go get them. Yeah. I think it's position wise for me, for the most part, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think I'll, I'll go early on wideouts. I'm fine with that. I'll definitely yep. take a, a stab at certain running backs um, and I'm, I'm with you on that. If I don't like the class coming up, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you my, my Q, QB three of this, this Debbie class in general, it's just too, it's messy back there. It so is. I, and it, I, I don't, I don't think, I think we're, I think there's going to be a lot of Hendon hookers in the, in next year's draft. I think a lot of guys in the second round, third round, you know, franchises are going to take a, you know, we're getting close to a point. If you really look at the rosters, you know, that there's not a whole lot of openings for quarterbacks. You know, if some of these guys that have been recently drafted the last two or three years stick. So, I mean, there's, there's not going to be a whole lot of opportunity. So I'm not sure guys are going to be swinging on quarterbacks early. Yeah, I agree. Um, next question is from the boys, Kevin Coleman. Um, and he says, who is the number one target or the Debbie Reaper this offseason? So I think he's asking you, who is somebody that we should be going to get and who is somebody that you have killed? Oh, the Devi Reaper again, huh? Um, yeah. So number one, people, people know you, okay? Yeah, people so know who you are. The um, the overall target. What was that? The the. I think he's saying so. Two part question. He's who's the number one target? I think he's yeah. The way he's wording it, who is the number one target? Say it again. Or, I think or is supposed to be of who's the number one target of. The Devi Reaper. Okay. Oh, the Devi Reaper. Okay. All right. So, well, that, that's a very wide open question because I'm wondering if you know, I could go by class, I guess, or by position. But I mean, a guy that I really, really like is, you know, Malik Neighbors. Um, but I have I have so many players in this class that that I'm excited about. Um, I'll just kind of go through some that I'm thinking of. I think from the quarterback position, if there was one, I guess if he's asking for one guy, um, probably Malik neighbors would be a guy that I'm probably pretty high on making some noise next year. Um, I, I, another guy that I really like is Antoine Wells jr. South Carolina. He's a deeper guy. I just made a video on him. I'm like super in love with that guy. He's going to be, I asked him to come on my podcast. I sent him like three tweets. He hasn't gotten back to me. Um, (laughs) actually I made the video. I sent it to him on Twitter. I said, come on. I said, look, look, I'm telling you how good you are. Why don't you come on and and talk to me a little bit? You know what I heard? I haven't heard back from him yet. Just like you guys were talking about trying to get a chain on there. You know, um, all these, these college kids, I'll bet you they're told like, don't go on podcasts, you know, don't go out and put yourself out there and say something you're not supposed to. Um, another guy that I kind of like for next year's class, we'll just stick with the 2024 class. Um, I'm really intrigued. One of my guys is Carson Beck, the Georgia, uh, Georgia quarterback. Um, this is a complete projection call. I love his size at six, four, two fifteen. He's in a perfect environment 
He's going to be there. If he does well this year, he'll be there for 2025 as well. He's in a great system. It's going to run the ball first. They got, I think, some really good receivers that were transferred in. Trevor, Trevor Etienne is another guy of mine that I really like. Um, you know, and Roma Dunze is one of my guys too. Um, yeah. So I, I think he's going to be a stud. Yeah, he's he's climbing. He's he's way up there now. He was a value so, maybe maybe two months ago. He was. I could steal him everywhere. Now yeah. everyone everyone knows what he's capable of, what he's doing out there. So um, I think the last question we really have touched on throughout, you know, throughout the pod in general. But um, Hobart Whipple says, are there certain traits you look for for each position when watching film on players? And then he said, what are some things that either show up on a player's film or are missing that you consider to be a red flag? Oh, that's a good question because, you know, the red flags are kind of why I've got the Devery, Devi Reaper um, nickname, you know, because I'm typically hard on on some of these guys, right? Um, I think it comes down to f- the, the physicality thing for me is a red flag. Like I just did a Donovan Edwards film um, and I know his knee was a little twisted and he had a cast on, but, you know, he did the same thing as a freshman that I saw that he did this year, explosive guy out of the backfield. I know we all know he can go vertical, catch the ball. So he's he's excited because we all like pass catchers out of running backs for our dynasty rosters. But again, he just doesn't have that thick lower half and physicality, I think, to bang in between the tackles. So what does that mean from, a, you know, you want to talk about A-Chain. A-Chain blew this kid away as far as watching film. If you were to put on an A-Chain film and put on a, a Donovan Edwards film, it's not even close to, you know, the lateral movement and the explosion and, and, and all of that. And um, so Donovan Edwards is somebody I'm not super high on, but again, so that would be like a red flag that I see him again, approaching contact, always twisting to his side, never going square. Um, so that would be like a red flag for run from the running back position. Um, you know, how nice. they, how they embrace contact. I, I, it's, it's a huge part of my scouting process. Yeah. You had said that, that that is what you look for. Um, and I appreciate that because no, most time people are breaking down film. They're not looking at the negatives, you know, they're not looking at, um, you know, why that play didn't work out and, and why that person didn't get through the hole or get to the second level or anything like that. So, um, I think there's a, a huge need for what you do, um, for the most part, because everyone skips over the negative plays and, and really just shows like a highlight reel of most yep, yep. play breakdown. Yeah, and I appreciate that's what you're starting to do on your channel, I think. Do exactly what I've been doing on mine is um, I, I've watched a few of them. You're going into a lot of the plays. I mean, even the, the two-yard stuffs from a running back, you can see like, well, was there an opportunity that he had the ability to have a little bit more patience, you know, you know, step to the outside? Was there another lane available? So you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, um, and that's why I just, I guess I gravitated towards this whole film thing is because it really, just by cutting them up and producing those videos, you just scout these players. You really, really see the nuances, but you're right. I mean, you go out on Twitter and you just see highlight, you know, I see a run from a running back with a wide open gap and he runs, you know, with like horrible tackling with, you know, five or six guys, you know, big 12 defenses, um, you know, missing tackles and taking bad angles. And, you know, is that really the running back that's doing that? Or is that just like a product of him in his environment that was like, well, boy, that was really bad tackling. And so if you just got an extra 60 yards, you really, really shouldn't have, <laughs> you know? <so. laughs> 
<laughs> awesome, man. Well, I like I said, I appreciate you coming on so much. Um, no problem. I've been, been dying to just chop it up with you and just listen to your old process. And and you're a great dude, man. And we we really appreciate you kind of opening it up to us and and uh, giving us your time. So, oh, anytime. I, I enjoy yeah. talking about this and uh, maybe we'll have to do a Debbie draft online or something together. And we'll have to yeah, let's let's get something going. I like to get you in the discord and just get some Debbie mocks going and then maybe get a, a league going at some point in time, too, because um, I'd love to have your mind in there whenever you have the time to just chop it up with some guys that maybe aren't as tuned into um, film as as they should be or, you know, as they can be. But yeah, no problem. Uh, just remind everybody where they can find you on Twitter and then um, drop that pod so that everyone can can go in there and subscribe. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Not too much, but I dabble in there every once in a while. You can find me at Devi Deep Dive. Um, spend most of my time on my YouTube channel, which is Devi to Dynasty Football. Uh, making film cut-ups and stuff to help, you know, like we just talked about, everyone being able to scout. I make them for the viewers to be able to scout the, the player for themselves. So if you don't like what I'm telling you and you don't believe me, well, then you can believe yourself by watching them. Um, and then my podcast, Debbie to Dynasty Podcast, with my great co-host, Jason DiRienzo. He's co-founder of the Debbie Watch, which is another great resource. Him and I, you know, chum it up every one, you know, once a week. Um, you know, talking just about Debbie prospects. We just did our 2026, you know, wide receiver breakdown, 2026 running backs. Uh, we're going to actually be doing a fun thing where we're going to be, um, you know, we're going to be doing a wide receiver and running back drafts, top 25. We're just going to go back and forth and take them in any order out of the three classes. So, you know, nice. it's great. Um, it's, it's a great way. It's a great podcast. If you play dynasty to, um, you know, get a, an early glimpse of the future. Awesome. Well, like I said, I appreciate it. I appreciate you hopping on. Um, thank you for JC, having me. Yeah, thank you, JC. Anything you wanna you wanna close out with? Anything you you have coming up or content wise coming out? Nothing, nothing to report right now. Just happy to talk to Brandon about uh, about his Debbie process and film watching stuff. So it was a fun episode. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in. Um, next week we have Chuck Bass on, and we are going to be having a fun little show. Probably doing a redraft of the rookie class and diving into future prospects on there as well. Um, so we'll see you next week. Thank you.